Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going well, as always. How are you, David? Pretty good. Uh, we're, we're a couple of days now removed from uh, Miami withdrawing from the Sun Bowl. Uh, so right now, I think both of us would be uh, getting packed, getting ready to go to El Paso. Instead, we're, we're here recording a podcast uh, Wednesday evening, uh, a couple of days early, just because uh, I've got busy tomorrow with some Orange Bowl stuff. So if anything happens in the next uh, 48 hours, that, that's why we haven't really talked. That's why we're not addressing it. Um, but uh, we haven't, this is the first time we're recording since Miami pulled out of the Sun Bowl uh, because of rising COVID cases within the program. Obviously, we talked a lot about that last week. Um, right. And to, it wasn't entirely, obviously, surprising when it happened on Sunday night. Uh, so no. you did a, a good job, I think, covering the whole, I think you covered this situation better than anyone. Um, so can you just kind of run through? Obviously, we talked, cases started. Basically, last Tuesday, last yep. um, they had they changed practices into walkthroughs. We're doing kind of position specific stuff. You said I think only had two pra- two practices in the entire time. Two full, I think two. Yeah, Sunday. Two um, yep. What was it ultimately that that caused them to to have to pull out of this game? They just had they had too many guys with COVID that affected the positive, and I guess guys that were quarantining or whatever they're you know isolating or whatever they were mm-hmm. doing but i think they had too many uh covid positives um and at position you know especially at right. certain groups and i think you know the, the the worst thing that can happen is really the lines you know especially the offensive line um and i i do know that they were down a lot of numbers um I don't know exactly how many, but a lot. It was dwindling the offensive line. Um, I know they only had a couple players at at least one one spot on the offensive line, and you can, you just can't you can't you can't play like that. And um, and who knows about other guys associated with the offensive line, like quarterbacks and things like that. Um, and it it was just it would be dangerous to play. And 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 really, I. Yeah, they did have some, they did call some practices like where they remember before 2020 when we were going through this, or 2020 actually it was um, pandemic time before the season, they would, they would have some, some guys come in in the morning and some guys in the afternoon and position groups and offense versus defense. They wouldn't have offense and defense together. And you can't, you can't practice for a bowl game like yeah. that. Last game was November 27th. They're, I mean, they they would have been, it would have been dangerous. I think for for Miami to play that game, they wouldn't have been in shape. Uh, and I think Washington State, their opponent, their would be opponent, um, like who knows what their situation was, COVID wise. But they they went, they traveled, and uh, you know they've been there and they've been practicing. Right. Really it really would not have been smart. I mean, you could almost argue that Miami let their kids go home for Christmas. And I understand that that's what the plan was. Okay. On December 24th, they were to disperse and come back after Christmas. But um, at that point, it's like, whoa, 
you know, they couldn't test at that point. They had to wait till they came back. So it could almost be argued like maybe they kind of saw this coming and maybe they should have said something sooner. I'm sure they were debating that. Yeah. I think we I think we said Sunday when we were like talking about when we would have to know by I think Sunday was the date we kind of uh, settled on because uh, that was the day obviously Washington State went out there and and obviously it was not ideal um, but no they were there uh, Washington State does did but Miami did pull out with enough time to find uh, an opponent for Washington State Central Michigan's uh, going down to Texas to play in that game which you know, you saw, I yeah, think it was NC State right the other day. Um, I think last night, uh, Tuesday night, like, I, what was it? Less than 24 hours before that game, I think uh, their opponent had to withdraw. And, you know, it really kind of screws them over because there's no time to find the replacement team. And, and you know, they travel. I don't remember where what game that was, but they traveled out there and don't get to play. It, for Washington State, it's still they're at least going to get a game in. Yeah, I am. I mean, um, it they, you know, the Sun Bowl in a way lucked out there. They 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 didn't luck out. I mean, they yeah, they my, wanted Miami, obviously. They wanted Miami, but they did badly. But I think they're probably by the end, maybe even disgusted with Miami, even though they couldn't. Miami, you know, it's COVID. What are you going right, to do? What are you going to do? Yep. Yeah, but they they thought, oh, they were just it was wishful thinking. And I think you and I were bracing for the worst because we know what happens. We've seen this before. And the central Michigan opponent that they have now, it just so happened that they were at a bowl that I guess Arizona. Right. They were uh, right. Four hours four or if I have that right, I, they were a four hour drive, I think, away. So they got in a bus. It just. It worked out for everybody. They got on a bus and it's just, it's kind of interesting actually, by the way, I, that game should be kind of interesting, you know, a whole different opponent. It's yeah. A, right. I mean that nobody's prepared for the other, the team. other team. Yeah. But the Sun Bowl, you think of all the t-shirts they had printed, all the, t- you know, the people that bought tickets for Miami. The, yeah. The, we talked about it last week, how there is like a Miami signing. fan base in El Paso kind of. The signage, the whatever, yeah. I don't know, everything they had ready. But anyway, um, they'll ha- I'm very glad because that's their main thing. And those people really love that bowl. Right. So they really care about that bowl. Put it that way. Yeah. Anyway, for Miami, it's kind of it's kind of it's sad. Bummer, right. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's sad. I I think I think it's a bummer. I think uh, but I think it might be honestly, I think it's in the long run, it's it's better that they don't play. You understand that, right? Well, yeah, considering the circumstances they got themselves into, not, like that they found themselves in, right? Considering they didn't practice, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, if Miami was going in on perfect health, no one in COVID protocol, everything like that, obviously you would rather play. But but once, once oh, Miami basically didn't get to practice in the week leading up to the game and was going to be kind of getting guys back probably throughout this week, right? Uh, right. Probably were never going to practice with a full, you know, the team that they were going to put out on the whatever team they could have put out on the field um, potentially on Friday was not going to be a team that ever practiced probably in the lead up to the game. Like that was right. uh, kind of untenable um, considering they hadn't played in so long, uh, considering yeah. you know, it was a bowl game, a high profile game. Um, but ultimately, 
it's a bad thing that it had to come to this because, you know, Mike Harley was going to get to play his last game in Miami. Uh, Zach McLeod was going to get to play his last game at Miami. Like all these guys who, um, you know, are graduating or maybe some guy, maybe a couple sad. guys who are going to leave early or go transfer yeah. somewhere else. Uh, you know, they didn't get to play that last game. I, I don't think from like a draft standpoint, anyone is really getting killed by losing out on one more game. I mean, there's always a couple guys like, you know, is, is that yeah. the difference between Zach McLeod getting like a undrafted free agent thing? Like, you, you know, it could always help, but for the most part, it's a bummer because of those, those upperclassmen who have, you know, real, they, they finished that, uh, the sad, yeah. And they think we I get to do this one more time and now they don't get to do it. Yeah, and that might be their last time, period, playing football, you know. So yeah. Hundred yeah, percent agree. Uh yeah, agree with everything you said. Kind of sad. And you know, and also think about it. The I you know, the camaraderie. I mean, these guys, they're they really are like brothers, right? For four or five years or however, however many years they've been together. And, um, you know, the Harleys, the Mari Carters, and um, they, you know, like Zach McLeod, like you were saying, they've just, uh, like, all of a sudden, it's a shock. I mean, they're, they, at least if they had one more, a couple more days, they could, they, they could savor it and appreciate it. And now it's just, it just ends, you know? So, yep, sad. All right, so now uh, it is officially time for the Mario Cristobal era here in South Florida. Um, the next time Miami coaches a game, uh, the new coach will be uh, on the sidelines against uh, – who's that opener against? Bethune-Cookman, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so September 4th, obviously, we'll get also get to see him in the spring. I think he's also missing out on, you know, a little bit of an evaluation time, right, uh, which is probably – when you think about the way that losing the bowl game maybe affects next season, that's probably the biggest thing, right? Is, you know, every time we've talked to Mario Cristobal, he's basically been like, that's what he's up to these days is recruiting and evaluating and watching a lot of the film from last year and seeing who, yeah. he, who he thinks is, you know, basically what, what role is he seeing for guys? What guys he needs to make sure are transferring? What guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe are gently being told that they're, uh, roles are going to be different next year. And obviously you can do a lot of that off watching the film and, and talking to the coaches who were here before, but uh, I mean, you know, he would have loved to have been able to watch some of those practices and in uh, the game, you know, he wasn't going to coach in the game or, or participate in the practices, but he was certainly going to be watching closely throughout the process. Um, and uh, that that's another, another thing you lose with this bowl game uh, being I keep saying canceled, but for Miami pulling out of the bowl game. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Very good. I forgot about that. I like that was all, you know, the, and I think we've said this in other podcasts, but what's so interesting is that um, what's so interesting is that Miami played in this bowl game twice before. And, I know. And both times they had interim coaches. Both times their coaches had been fired before the bowl. So, um and and the and the new coach came and watched, you know, and 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 could kind of like I I wrote at least last time, 2015, it was a dress rehearsal, you know, for Al right. Gold. Uh, no, it was um for Mark Richt, right? Yeah, 
for Mark Rick, Mark Rick, and that, when Al Golden was there too before that in 2010, I should say, yeah, when they played when Miami played Notre Dame, it was like a dress rehearsal. The kids wanted to do their best, and but of course Miami lost both games. So right. anyway, uh, yeah. So now now we've got now we've got new coaches that are going to be named soon, even though some of them we know. So it's kind of weird. They're already helping him recruit and stuff, and yeah. they're still. Oregon roster so uh and by the way I know it's we said you said we're recording this on Wednesday evening um I guess right now I think uh the Oregon Ducks just started the Alamo Bowl oh right yeah they're playing right now um yeah so I'm sure Mario's watching don't you think oh definitely that's his team so I, I haven't like it's it's is Mirabal coaching in that game? Like, or, or, or those couple of I guys? So. I don't. Mirabal has been with him this whole time. That Mirabal was at the introductory press conference in Miami. Um, but I, I honestly right. have not been following the run-ups or, you know, like how Garen Justice was going to come back. Um, I just haven't heard anything of coaching Oregon. I, uh, this is a really dumb conversation to have because this will, like, uh, okay. if I'm like, it's already happened. But, um, right. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting it's been an interesting situation all along with him because, you know, he has literally been recruiting since the day Mar- Mario got hired. Like he was, they did I think three in home visits that night, and he was at all three of them. Um, and he still has not been announced as a coach. Uh, Twenty three days later, as we're sitting here. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's there. As soon as we're done, I'm going to turn it on. I don't think he's there. Mm-hmm. I think he's been with, um, I think he's been with Mario here. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, there are other guys though there. They're um, acting head coach or interim bowl coach, um, Coach McClendon. Yep. Um, is uh is the is yeah he's coaching he's coaching them tonight so um you know he's brian mcclendon is a wide receivers coach and the pass game coordinator and i think he's actually i think he's the assistant head coach uh period at at oregon or has been and i think he's almost 100 percent sure he's coming um to miami and he'll be He'll be Miami's new uh, wide receivers coach, as Rob Likens has announced officially. He's gone. Um, although he's Rob will, um, oh no, Rob would have been at the bowl, but now yeah, he was supposed to be the OC for the bowl. Yeah, exactly. So now he's heading uh, to SMU to be with Rhett Lashley, who was Miami's offensive coordinator, and Rhett Lashley now, as we know, is the head coach at SMU. And uh, and they also have Garen Justice, the UM offensive line coach. And but I may I have to say all three are great guys, and I think really good coaches. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I wrote on our outline, uh, Miami is turning into Oregon East, and exactly uh, SMU is a little bit Miami uh, Southwest, I guess. With um, Rhett Lashley there as the head coach, Garrett Justice is the line coach, Rob Likens is the wide receivers coach. Um, 
And it was, you know, I think when, when Lashley got that job, part of the question was always going to be, who is he going to take with him? And, and those probably would have been the three no brainers. Right. Um, you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Both Likens, obviously, at a very, worked, you know, worked very closely with with Lashley is kind of like the passing game coordinator type guy. Um, and right. Clearly, you know, he was going to be the OC for this game, for the bowl game for a reason. Like he, he was working really closely with developing those wide receivers, developing that passing game. Um, and then Garen Justice, another guy who, um, you know, it has some of those uh, Southwestern ties, right. As being a UNL, both guys have Southwestern West coast ties uh, with Likens being at, at Arizona state previously. Um and Justice being at UNLV previously. So, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a, you know, I love watching Brett Lashley's offenses, right? And, and again, like you yeah. said, those are three of the, of the nicest guys around. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch those, watch SMU and kind of track them a little bit next year. The same way it was, a little, it was fun to watch uh, Utah State go on that little run with, um, you know, Efren Banda and a bunch of the uh, the old GAs and quality control guys who are filling out that defensive staff as Utah State uh, had like one of the best turnarounds in the country this year. Um, I think they won like one or two games last year and, and then won the Mountain West this season. Um, and obviously Bond was their DC and, and a big part of that. So uh, it'll be fun to follow SMU in, in sort of the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great. I'll definitely be watching SMU. And uh, and we'll see what Merritt comes out with. I I I'll find it interesting to see if he starts naming people one at a time or if he just like announces his staff or I don't know, or the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. I'm not sure how that'll go. It's just because there's some we already know about. So um, we'll see. We also, I think we said this last week too, uh, Aaron Feld. The mustachio. Yep, there's another Oregon uh, name that has been widely rumored, and that's another one that seems like basically a done deal, right? Strength, strength and conditioning coach for yep. Oregon, right? Coming to Miami, uh, it seems. And um, yeah, then there's a lot of there's a lot of other different names for defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. People are saying Kendall Bryles. He is a strong candidate um, for offensive coordinator. And um, and Joe Salve, is I don't know if I'm saying it Joe right. Joe Salvea, I believe. Salvea, uh, who is our Oregon's D-line D coach. Yes. So he's, you know, this should be, uh, this possibly will be his last game there. Supposedly he's rumored to be coming to Miami also. 
as the D-line coach, which means- Yeah, I think 24-7 reported that one. Uh, yeah, and Joe, uh, Jeff Simpson, who was going to coach Miami and the, the, the main coach of the bowl game now is headed, fill in the blank. I don't know. Somewhere. Yeah. That's for sure. And, yeah. Um, it's it's uh you know it's something we've kind of talked about a couple of times with this this tough situation obviously that you know everyone wants a head coach fired right uh but it sucks really for the and everyone's like ah oh, who cares man Diaz is getting all this money it, the ones it really kind of sucks for is the, the assistant coaches um and yes uh, you know Miami a lot of them have done a good you know have landed on their feet very quickly obviously the couple of guys going to SMU. Um, wherever Jess Simpson winds up, I'm sure he'll that like he'll be a, in high demand. I would think uh, potentially yeah. at both levels, um, college and the NFL, as a guy with experience at both. Um, you know, there's we're still waiting to see who might stick around. Like, see, you know, it seems like T. Rob is, is an option to potentially stick around yes. as the DB coach. Um, yes. Really valuable recruiter um, has those South Florida ties. You know, we'll see maybe if DVD, another guy who's been valuable as a recruiter and has a prior relationship with Mario Cristobal, but um, mm-hmm. tricky if, you know, Miami, he's got, Mario's got to hire a defensive coordinator, which is a position that Manny didn't have last year. So uh, it gives you a little bit less flexibility to have two defensive backs coaches like that, guys whose jobs are, uh, you know, sort of redundant. Um, but it uh you know those are the guys I really kind of feel for guys like him Ishmael Aristide um guys who are early on in their career right both those guys in their first real you know position division one position coaching jobs and uh jury obviously still really out on what they are as coaches um but I know that at least both been valuable as recruiters and are well liked within the building and all that stuff and you know young guys who uh, you know, just, just seem to get it, uh, but could be stuck on the way out because that's how, how about, it works. Now I, uh, I wonder as far as FIU goes, I'm not sure how many of their coaches they've named, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, I think those guys, you know, you could, when, when Miami hired DVD and, and Aristide, they were kind of giving those guys a chance, right. Those, like I said, um, DVD had, had been with Miami for a long time um, and had actually been a cornerbacks coach at a, at a Juco in Miami, uh, what, like five, six years ago, something like that. So, uh, you know, not that he was not qualified, but he was, you know, they were taking a chance on him. They didn't know what he was going to be. And, and same with Aristide, who came from the recruiting office at Texas A&M. Um, you know, the, those you usually work your way up from a little bit smaller job than Miami. Uh, so, you know, FIU would not – be a bad situation for, for any of those guys. But obviously I feel like there is a, you know, it's a little awkward to go from Miami to FIU, right? Yeah. But coaches. Yeah. But again, I, like, especially guys who are local guys, like DB, like DB, local DB, guys, maybe Harry kicks in, you know, those guys, I'm yeah. sure they would all like to land at a higher profile spot than FIU, but it's not the worst backup plan. No local guys. It's good for recruiting, I guess. They know the area that, you know, they have a little cachet that they're from Miami. Uh, hmm, yeah, I, it depends. And every coach has, um, every coach has people that he wants to work with. They always want to work with people they know, but, you know, we'll, we'll, 
like everything else, we'll just have to see what happens. I mean, I, DVD, could, uh, Demarcus Van Dyke could also end up in the recruiting office again yeah. if, he doesn't get her, if he doesn't get a like an assistant coaching job. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a. Uh, we we've talked about the way that you yeah. know Mario Miami basically has three guys working in their recruiting office. And Mario Cristobal is going to have a way bigger recruiting office than that. Um, so those you know those are the other guys we're waiting. You know Ed Pat, uh, uh, who also has a pretty extensive prior relationship with Mario Cristobal. We don't know his future. Uh, David Cooley, right. Mike Rump, you know all those behind the scenes guys. Um, who are a big part of what Miami does, particularly recruiting wise. Um, right. You know, you can quibble with some of what Miami has done as a, as a, as re- recruiting wise, you know, some of their weaknesses, but uh, those guys, obviously a lot of them have good relationships uh, locally and Mario wants to do better than what Miami was doing, but, but those guys will be, uh, I think they'll be in, if, if they're, even if they're not in Miami, we don't know one way or the other, and you know, I think a lot of those guys are probably still particularly the off the field guys where it's a little bit less pressing to fill those jobs. I, I think right. they probably still don't really know what their future holds. Um, but those guys are going to be in demand elsewhere because they've got local ties. And again, FIU is the fact that FIU is making these changes at the same time um, means that there's kind of two, there's, there's that backup plan always, always around. Um, exactly. But again, it's like I said, it, it feels awkward to go from Miami to FIU. I'm sure it, it feels that way uh, to those guys. But any of those names that have kind of been out there that, that kind of really interest you? And there are a couple of positions that we still have not heard a lot about, right? Like we've heard, obviously, it sounds like they've got the wide receivers coach, O line coach. We have no idea. You know, a lot of rumors out there for, for D coordinator, offensive coordinator. And um, some of them are. Um... But, like, there's a couple of positions. We just haven't heard anything on, like, running backs coaches, right? Um, tight ends coach is another one. I didn't mention Stephen Field. Oh, George- relationship with uh, – Oh, the tight ends. So, uh, yeah, uh, somebody wrote James Coley is a possibility. Yeah, so there's a lot of names out there. And a lot of times I think it's just people seeing Miami names out there, right? It's Yeah, but – and also they're linking Mario, you know, right. friendship. So these guys are from Mar- Miami, like James right. Cole grew up in Miami um, and, you know, was a, was an OC at Miami for two or three years. So he knows, he knows the program and uh, there's names like uh, out there, like uh, Glenn Schumann, but he'll probably at Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that Georgia do I have this right? Defensive coordinator. Who's going to Oregon to be the Oregon head coach, right? Yeah. All right. So who knows who he, you know, who knows who he, he'll keep or take or whatever. Every Everything is. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of uh, variables moving around right now. Yeah, everything changes. And also there's a guy, a running backs coach from Oregon, Jim Mastro, um, who's supposed to be really good. And his name is in there as a possibility for Miami. So I, they'll definitely get, I, he's definitely going to get rid of, I would think, Eric Hickson. A guy who we didn't, we talked to what, once in how many years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think we talked to him once. I mean, I, it seems like he's been a pretty good coach, right? He's recruited well, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but he's a, you know, that 
I talked with that group a couple of weeks ago when I, on the day Mario got hired, he went out recruiting with felt like half the staff and basically all the local guys, you know, ish DVD, T Rob field. Um, and Hickson, who is a local guy, uh, was not part of that group. So uh, you, you breathe into it, right. I guess, but they're right. And as I said, I think he was kind of trying out some of those guys. Cause again, a lot of those guys are young, unproven, you can't, you know, you can't know that much about what a position coach is doing without watching them. Right. It's hard to know if you're not behind the scenes, you watch Miami's linebackers be like shaky and you'd think, all right, the linebackers coach must not be any good, but you have no idea because you don't know how good those guys are and how, how, how good they were to start and what the, so that that's part of what I think is, is tough with losing out in the bowl game is, even evaluating the coaches, but um, I think Miami, you, know, you, you talk about the the idea of the, the budgets kind of expand. And I think it, you mentioned guys who could have their roles changed and, you know, DVD and Ish were two guys who have experienced in a recruiting office. Like I'm sure they would have a chance to remain in that capacity if it's not a uh, coaching capacity. But again, it's all like, what do you want to do? Right. There's those are young guys who are getting started in their career and they want to be, position coaches and coordinators and maybe head coaches one day. And, and maybe that one of their, uh, maybe somebody out West that they know that has you on ties. Right. Could turn to them or whatever. Yeah, maybe Rhett Lashley is still looking to, you know, he's going to mention some of their names, I'm sure. So like it, there, there's, it's the, the carousel is fully spinning with Miami and um, it sounds like January 1st or, or thereabouts will be the day that uh, we kind of start to get these things filled. I think once we get, you know, Oregon's bowl game, like you said, is going on right now. Um, Miami's bowl game was supposed to be on New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I think we all kind of had start of the new year targeted for like a date. I'm like, all right, the season is over for Oregon, for Miami, for all these other schools. Uh, now Miami can go and announce all these guys that uh, and also are that getting interviewed and stuff like that. I'm not sure. You know, they usually well, they always have the the, uh, the coaches convention. Mm-hmm. in January you know I'm not sure with COVID what's going on with that because there are a lot of hot interview interviews right. on there um are we both googling now I'm not uh, I, I want to see if there's any you know any COVID rules right right 9th to 11th in San Antonio so uh yeah so I, I think Mario will have most of his staff filled probably by the first couple of days of January. And then, you know, right. stuff is always still happening into uh, what, you know, into the end of January, maybe early February. Like, but I think the the bulk of his staff will be in place. And um, the two, the two big hires he's got to make, right. Are the coordinator moves because, yes. you know, Mario is not a, you know, he's a, program leader he's not a he's not calling plays on offense not like a defensive mastermind he's the guy who runs the show and and a big part of that is your hiring ability and he's got to he's got to nail those those couple moves I think to uh yeah and he certainly has the money yeah and he's got the money to do it so no excuses right he has the money all right I think we can wrap things up there um, unless you got any last things we'll come back I guess 
probably again next. Yeah, I guess we'll have hires next week to come back and talk about. But we're we're into the off season basically. Uh, we're both covering the Orange Bowl on Friday, and then the Washington National Championship a week later, and then it's the off. It is fully the off season. I guess we got signing day will still be going on, or National Signing Day coming up in in February. But otherwise, we're we're in the off season until we are all so- get started. We are. I'll be heading to Oregon again for a uh, to visit family, and uh, but there'll be no Mario Cristobal there. Yeah, no, no Mario Cristobal to visit. Um, you can follow so Susan on Twitter <laughs> at S Miller Degnan. Um, you got anything uh, you're working on these days? I'm just waiting to see, you know, what comes down the pike. That's it with coaches yeah. with uh, with uh, uh, kids announcing. I guess they'll start announcing their right. Or whatever they're doing, uh, and uh, which I don't know how, really how many there will be, but maybe Tyreek Stevenson. Yeah, Tyreek Stevenson, Nesta Silvera is a name Nesta. that's been like widely. He's kind of hinted at it, but I don't. There's not been an official announcement one way or the other. Uh, we already have are, Rambo going. Yeah, and there'll there be portal are. guys, right? There'll be guys going to play their there. final year somewhere else. But yeah, I think it's, no, it's going to be a quiet NFL draft season for Miami. I think there will be the portal guys. Are. Yeah. Huh? There will be port. There will be, I forgot about that. There'll be got UM yeah. guy going into the portal and, and things like that. Uh, but it's going to be the same stuff that the schedule will be announced in January, mid January. Um, yeah. It's pretty much it. And then, and then spring football. Yep. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Like I said, I'll be at the Orange Bowl Friday. Um, other than that, not a whole lot going on these days. Uh, took took a lot of the last week off, and then we'll get back. I guess to recruiting stuff probably in January. Uh, Mario Cristobal going for a big finish as we uh, get a little bit closer uh, to to finishing out this class. Um, but uh, until next week, uh, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, everyone.